This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. The funds can be benefactors when they're buying, but boogeyman when they're selling. And this week they were the latter, selling thousands of contracts of corn, wheat, soybeans, and products without even waiting for the weekly export sales report. The crude oil market rebounded, but the Chicago border trade did not. The trade is embracing some very bearish expectations for Tuesday's Day report. They're looking for a negative combination of higher yields and also USDA forecasting lower demand. These bearish expectations are being built into the market. The October WASDE put U.S. corn ending stocks at 1.5 billion bushels. Among the firms polled, the average estimate is for a modest decline in ending stocks to 1.468 billion. There is, however, a wide range of expectations from 1.243 billion to as high as 1.64 billion. In order to get a significant market reaction, it'll take a number that tilts toward the high end or low end of the range. The corn chart had the least damage this week. On wheat, the October WASDE put U.S. wheat ending stocks at 580 million bushels. Among the firms polled, the average estimate for Tuesday is for virtually no change at 579 million, but with estimates ranging from as low as 540 to as high as 607 million. There will be no change in production since the final was issued in the October small grain summary. The variances in ending stocks estimates are thus totally on the usage side and wide enough to allow for potential market reaction. The wheat market suffered from profit taking. The soybean market had the most technical damage. The October WASDE put the U.S. ending stocks for soybeans at 320 million bushel. Among firms polled, the average estimate for Tuesday is for a 33 million bushel hike to 353 million and a very wide range from as low as 202 million to as high as 549. That dramatizes the wide differences in opinion between what the USDA will do with both yield and usage estimates. The corn and soybean harvest will wrap up most places this week, with the focus then turning to harvesting corn stalks, applying fertilizer, as well as finishing what tillage is necessary. There is some trend toward no-till. We have benefited from some soil moisture recharge this fall. The weekly U.S. drought monitor map does have a mixed message. The narrative that goes with that is that 62% of Texas is now covered by some form of dryness or drought, up roughly 7%. Drought receded 13 points in Oklahoma and 9 points in Kansas, 11 points in Nebraska, and 6 points in South Dakota. These declines, however, were from very high levels. There was a new study out on global warming that it could cut corn yields while boosting wheat. In a study published by the journal Nature Food, Scientists give new 21st century projections using ensembles of the latest generation crop and climate models. The emergence of these new climate impacts consistently occurs earlier in the projections before 2040 for several main producing regions. Production of corn and wheat could be affected by climate change as early as 2030 under a high greenhouse gas emission scenario. The projected increases in temperature shifts in rainfall patterns and elevated surface carbon dioxide concentrations from human-caused greenhouse gas emissions will lead to a major change in crop yields. 
The corn crop yields are projected to decline 24%, while wheat yields could potentially see a growth of 17%, and also growing regions expand further north into the Canadian prairies. While we may poo-poo this, we should remember that many of the initial climate models have proved inaccurate. The reason that they proved inaccurate is that the conditions were worse than that they projected at the time they were given. These models have projected accurate trends, only that conditions have occurred faster than they had anticipated. The temperatures have warmed faster, the ice has melted faster, and that the weather events have been more intense than they had thought they would be. By evaluation, the best place to farm, basis the climate models, would be Minnesota. It is interesting to note, however, that Bill Gates, who is a climate science believer, has bought most of his farmland in Louisiana. An 80-acre farmland sale here in Royal, Iowa today brought a record $17,500, which is the high yet for this county. We have a good soil type, and we're not that far from Minnesota. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 